Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's An Amazing Radio, the podcast where we consider ourselves owners of the UFC with our one share and no longer feel that we want to see John Jones versus Francis Ngannou because we'd like a fucking stock dividend. I'm Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable. So is this one share we have? Is it like a Bitcoin where I, I own one eighth of one? Well, okay, that was I was just doing a bit. I didn't buy any stock, but we should have because they're up twenty percent since open. They're up actually a little more than twenty percent. UFC is almost up twenty five percent since. We open. should jointly buy one share. <laughs> I was gonna singularly buy ten shares, and then now it's already up. I'm like, oh, I'll wait till it goes down. Well, you got stock. You were just bragging about your I, Regal stock a second ago. Oh, <laughs> AMC, AMC stock, baby. I'll my, throw you what my $10? A- also joining us this week, my AMC brother, Lavender Gooms. New York fully opens in about two weeks, so I'm looking forward to full theaters and that AMC stock. To That's shoot right, to people. Movie. Come July, I want you guys packing those theaters for Black Widow, all right? Packing them, all right? <laughs> Trying to get rich here, all right? Trying to make this podcast, which makes zero dollars, our full-time job, all right? That's what I'm trying to do. So it'll be a full-time job that makes us no money, but you got enough to keep it afloat. And you know what? Actually, yeah. Uh, Saying this podcast makes zero dollars is inaccurate. It costs your cost us. It is lo- the podcast <laughs> is losing money. All right, this podcast. You thought Best Buy was doing poorly. <laughs> Look yeah, at the isn't that numbers. how this works? Like you like you don't pro- as long as you don't post a profit, you're a successful business. I thought that's how this works in 2021. Amazon didn't have a profit for years. All right, um, all right, boys and girls. Um, you know sometimes the UFC puts on a card and there's no main event, and that's what's going on this coming weekend. But you know what? We're going to talk about Bellator. We're going to talk about, well, I'm going to say a word or two about PFL because they're really trying. Um, we're going to talk about some news, some of it good, some of it less good. Um, Stefan's going to pick this guy who's entered the Bellator tournament to win the whole thing because I know how Stefan rolls. Um, first off, Marcus, I think I got a new favorite light heavyweight. Mm, me too. <laughs> it is... Our guy, and I say our guy, I mean Stefan's guy, but you and me are going to co-opt him, and Mikey might as well get on board too, while we lie and say we were on the train for the beginning. Prochaska's here, folks. Knocking pools out with spinning back elbows. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fantastic fight. Yeah, um, I mean, we. I think I kind of framed the fight a little bit in a way where like, oh man, Dominic Reyes better beat this guy. And not that I don't think that fight was important for Dominic Reyes, I didn't go in with the attitude of like, oh man, we might have a real like, this might be guy getting a title shot, you know, very soon um, if he beats Dominic Reyes. But I think we saw that, Mark. Um, why don't we talk about um, these six or seven minutes of violence, I want to say, we saw on Saturday yeah. night? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I've seen Yuri fight before because I, I saw him fight Ozdemir. It just didn't leave a super, mm-hmm. you know, long impression. Ozdemir gets mind, knocked out a lot. Yeah, and, and I've seen him fight in Ryzen too. You know, he, he knocked out CB Dalloway, but I mean, I think this was really the performance that's really going to stamp him in my head. Because uh, it was fantastic, you know. I really like his style, even though it has holes that could be, um, you know, exploited uh, with some of his future opponents. But definitely with Dominic Reyes, when I was watching the match, Bobby, his 
overall like body language and face it, it it really reminded me of like the sensei doing hard sparring with like like a, the lesser trainee because he had the smile on his face he was kind of putting his head out there like come on give me give me a shot give me a shot let's see what you know and it really comes down to like and i think i i was i do frequent this one youtube channel called the weasel and i think he does really good breakdowns i really enjoy a lot um and other fighters have mentioned this before like how, how some fighters get into what they call like a flow state where it's not necessarily that this guy is is setting up things he's just kind of going with the flow throughout the whole fight and i th- and that is his style because his whole offense and defense is completely reliant on one i think the most important thing that people aren't talking about is his eyes he's young he has quick reflexes and that's why he can do the things he's doing in this fight because it all came i mean one i'm going to point out the eyesight because i think that's the most important thing i think that's how he negated getting knocked out in this fight but that comes to the more visual aspect of that it's all about movement and head movement um because he is he's all about you know he keeps his hands low which makes it hard to predict you know what punches he's going to throw and when he's negating the distance, he just he just steps in. It, you know, there's not a setup, there's not a jab to get into distance, there's not a kick to to measure the distance. He just he he rushes in, and sometimes he rushes in with no offense. I mean, there was one time early in the fight where he took a big step in. He didn't really throw anything, and the next thing you know, they're chest to chest with each other, just standing there like, "Whoa, wait!" I did. You know, Reyes didn't really have an opportunity to catch him coming in, and throughout the the rest of the fight. You know, he would come in with a lot of different strikes. He had a lot of feints. I mean, feints that were like, they're not even feints. These are like Muhammad Ali. He's throwing his right hand out way to the to the side, like, oh, I'm going to hit you with this. And he throws a front kick. But it was really just his selection of strikes and just his movement and confidence in there. That that really impressed me the most. And, I, and this was a fight I watched like three or four times just because it was so fun to watch. Yeah, um, it was just what a performance from the young man there. And um, Steph... I mean, I let's you 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 were on this guy's hype train early. Um, what is there to say, man? Do we do we fuck around and give this guy someone who uh, knows how to wrestle real well, or let's just you know let's not ruin the fun and find out something we don't want to find out? Um, I know we were talking a little bit before we started the show, but I think Mark heard the same kind of fallout chatter that I did. It seems like he's on deck. You know, uh, they're gonna go ahead and do Yawn versus Glover and. I'm all for it, right? There's the thing is, I, I love Yon, right? But I'll be the first to concede there's not a lot of name power in light heavyweight right now. So let's not kill any contenders, right? Um, Yuri, though he might not be a name, clearly he has a fun style, right? And that's something you can sell. You can sell him as an action fighter. So uh, we'll just leave it on deck, and then um, yeah, September fourth. Sorry way. to interrupt you, but September fourth is when I thought it was sooner. I feel we saw sooner, but September fourth, UFC two sixty six. Um, well, is Yon versus Glover? So we might actually get another one in. It's still only we, May. We're bearing the lead here too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was I was leading up to it. The knockout is what everyone saw. Oh, of like, course. We can't, we can't we can't just talk about his next fight and not mention that. Like, I mean, oh, he, he saw he saw those knockouts knockout last year. Contender. I was gonna say he saw those fights, uh, the knockouts the week before with Rose and uh, uh, Usman. He's like, I'm, I got I got to bring it big if I want to get knockout of the year talk, and he did. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know breaking down i think there is definitely holes in his game because of how he moves in because he doesn't have his hands up and he he can get caught and i think his first fight with uh odamir he got caught quite often he got caught in this fight you know i think he was doing i mean he won the first round but in the second round he got caught with a big left hand that shook him up and he went in for a shot um you know and that one really hurt but then after that in the second round after he got the shot and actually showed he showed pretty good ground game in the first round dominic was able to get him down 
And then once Dominic uh, advanced to mount, he used that opportunity to give up his back and slip out the back door. And then in the second round, when he got caught really hard and looked seriously hurt, like he was, his movement stopped for a second. So he was like, oh, I don't have my feet underneath me anymore. He went for a takedown. Dominic went for a guillotine. He was able to get out of the guillotine and then showed some good movement on the top, passing guard, you know, frequently. And then the ending sequence was he was able to get basically half guard or side mount and just started teeing off ground and pound. Dominic was able to give up his back, get back on his feet. And then once he crowded him up against the cage, Dominic kind of covered up and, you know, uh, Yuri very smartly, you know, seeing him cover up. So like, you know, I'm going to blast through the guard with some elbows. He did one first one right elbow to kind of break the guard. He got Dominic to kind of stand up after that. He threw another hard right elbow that he actually threw it so hard. It threw him off balance. He had to use his right back leg to step forward and put him in an off position where basically he was exposing his back to Dominic. Dominic realized it. He's like, this is a perfect opportunity. Dude's right in my face. I'm going to blast him with a left hand before I get that left hand off spinning back elbow demolished Dominic Reyes. And it meets all my criteria of knockout of the year. Fantastic strike, hilarious falling. That's how you get a contender. Cause it's, you know, you can have a fun strike, but if the dude doesn't fall flat on his face, you're going to have a hard time selling that for knockout of the year. Mike, um, John Jones leaves the division. We wonder, okay, what's going on here? And now the division somehow seems more interesting than it's been in four years, maybe? Whenever DC oh. left. Um, how many times have we seen this, man? Dominant champ leaves. All of a sudden, the division looks like it might have some uh, some legs. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. And I don't think it's that while John was champ and John was at, at 205 that, like, you know, people weren't doing things like this. It's just that. If we ever saw like uh, a 205er actually do something like this, I don't really think we gave two shits about it because we just thought, well, can he beat John Jones? No. Okay. That, that was cool. All right. Let's keep it moving. But now that we're in the whole new world of that 205 is just wide open. Yeah. It sounds like a pretty nice prospect that I'm not even going to try and pronounce this dude's name. That Prochaska. Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> He gets his knockout, and we're like, well, he's going to be the next contender because for better or for worse, what else is there really right now? Fair enough. Um, by the way, I heard some people saying like, oh, that Dominic Reyes win for John Jones doesn't look so good anymore because Dominic Reyes just sucks now or yada, yada, yada. I was looking at what happens to people after they fight John Jones. It goes bad for everybody not named Daniel Cormier. Shit falls off a cliff when you fight John Jones. Dominic Reyes, Tiago Santos, Anthony Smith, Gustafson, Daniel Cormier, skipping him. OSP. So maybe maybe when Cormier. John Jones used to say he beats the weakness out of you, he just beats the shit out yeah, of you. I was and then you're say, not good at anything. Well, anymore. there we go. Like, I'm back at Glover Teixeira in 2014. It took Glover seven years to make it back, man. Seven years. Like, I don't know. You fight John Jones. It's like losing the Super Bowl, where the next year you like lose 12 games, basically. That's what happens when you lose to John Jones. Um, co main event. Giga Chikadze kicked my guy Cub Swanson right in his belly. Well, in his liver. And, and the line that I heard, Bob, that I liked was uh, he was digging for coconuts in the palm trees. <laughs> oh, I like that. Because um, he has a palm tree tattoo there. Man got his second straight <laughs> UFC performance of the night. Um, I guess I should pay attention to who this gentleman is. That was, uh, I don't think they got a lot of other uh, Georgian fighters either. 
in the UFC. Um, but that was a big win for him, man. Cup Swanson, old or not, Cup Swanson's still a name, and he's not viewed as he's not viewed as totally washed. He's viewed as let's have let's have a banger with Cub. And there was no banger to be had. Cubber got Cub got kicked in the stomach and was like, "Well, I'm just gonna lay here now." I don't know what else to say. It was a big win for him. You guys got anything? I don't. St- I mean, uh, I was just gonna say the, the liver kick was. I mean, yeah, there's not it much was to beautiful. extrapolate from the fight, but it was beautiful, and it reminded me of um, this Japanese fighter Ken Suari Kakuna, who actually, you know, had a, a had a bit of a stint in um, UFC. He lost to Tony Ferguson, um, but one of his main weapons was, you know, in karate, I guess they call it the crescent kick. It's basically like a front kick, but you're basically landing the kick with the ball of your foot and basically your toes. And this kick was very remis- reminiscent of that, except it kind of came more of in a tie style but when you can land that you know the ball of your foot or even your toes into that section i mean it's one thing when you throw a shin kick you know you have this big long you know hard bone that you're smacking in but when you can get a precision of the ball of the foot or even the toes like you have to think about when you when you hit something really hard when you have a big when you have a big surface area the impact is it's big it's expanded when you hit something straight on and all of the, the pressure is on this smaller point, it makes it a much more devastating strike. And that's exactly what he has here. And that's that's a dangerous weapon to look forward to. So, yeah, I, th- I think you definitely have to keep an eye on this guy. I, It'll I, be interesting I, to see where he goes. I will say one thing. Um, I don't know how many of you guys uh, did karate, but did you guys ever have it happen where, like, you were hitting the heavy bag and let's say you kind of hit the heavy bag with your toes? That shit would hurt. hurt like a motherfucker. So I wonder, like, these guys willingly like try to hit these people with their toes. Like, well, what are their big toes made out of? I don't know. But Mark's Mark's explanation of a big area versus small area uh, made me laugh because it. I, I learned that fact from the Mick Foley autobiography when I was I don't know twelve, thirteen years old, where Mick explained if you're gonna get hit with a, a bed of nails. The goal is to get hit with as many as possible and not one because one would do too much damage. And you kind of want to get the full, you want to get it spread for the force spread out. And I'm like, one "Eh." nail will pierce all the way through. (laughs) 50 nails can't all get through at one time. I remember reading that just like, that that doesn't make sense with that though, because each nail is its own individual point. Right. But to to get through 50 nails, your pressure when you push down has to be harder, right? Because now you're not just going through one nail. You have to go through 50 nails. So because the 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 it's a physics thing yeah mike, I'll, mike I'll, I'll king of the king of the death match king of the death match 95 okay the guy in the mask who spoiled all the magic tricks remember yeah. that guy from when yes. we were younger it, it's the bed of nails yeah. it's called surface area tension yeah the more surface yeah. area there is the less actual that point is that's why there the only is, chair shot is, that the only chair shot they allow in wwe is the back chair shot where everybody's bent over and it's real like spread that out no one's gonna get with a chair directly to the dome at that point all right um all right um stefan you want to talk about random arcos before we move on because this was absurd yeah i i didn't know who this person is luana pinero um but that's kind of the other storyline that came out. I, I admittedly didn't catch the fights, but I saw the clusterfuck that this was. Um, in a scramble, Randa throws an upkick at what is very obviously a grounded uh, Pinero. Um, you know, they're both kind of scrambling on the ground. I will say it's it's kind of a slapping kick, right? It, it swings and kind of the ball of the foot catches it on the chin. Um, and as someone who has been dropped by an upkick from an uh, ex-girlfriend, 
Um, I know what the force of an upkick is, and uh, it does it does hit you pretty good, Mike. You, there's a story for you later, uh, you know, because I, I can see we all reaction. learn. Yeah, so everybody <laughs> listening, everybody learns they just learn a little bit about Stefan's life. But you know, uh, you know what? Well, you, you, you sometimes you're into experimenting, Mike. That's how it goes. Um, but that said, I think by all accounts, you know, most people are like, I don't know about that kick. Um, you know, you want to give the benefit of the doubt. You don't want to immediately go, this person's faking. Um, but Paul Felder sure as hell did. Uh, he, it took every ounce of professionalism in him to not call out that this girl is faking. Um, and then really what sealed it, though, was at the end of the fight was this girl's cornerman carried her like uh, it was the bodyguard. Mm, and that was, was Tina say. Turner. And uh, that was the correct reference, like, Stefan. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> and just like he was saving her from this devastating upkick and that was just too much guys um i've seen stefan struve had a crack in his jaw and a skull from a haymaker from uh mark hunt and he walked out on his own unless you are chris weidman and you break your leg and you literally can't stand pretty much every fighter walks to the back regardless of the destruction that they face so this slapping upkick resulting um this this woman is technically nine and one but I would not be unsurprised if it's a long time before we see her in the UFC again after it, that kind of shenanigans. Well, it looked like she almost fucking died from an upkick. We probably shouldn't see the medical well, suspension should be six months at least. Not not to dwell on it too much. I didn't I didn't I heard about this but did not see it. So Stefan, you need to tell me how was he carrying her? Was it a fireman's carry? Was it over no, the no. shoulder? Was it cradled in his it's, arms? It's, like it's the cradled. <laughs> so he's got the hook the legs and then the back, and then she's hugging around his neck. So I was it gonna is, say, like yeah. if you're getting carried out of the octagon the only way should be on a stretcher right because like i don't think that's a medical way to hold anybody to like, if they're seriously injured and can't walk on their own is to kind of cradle them so i was like i, I don't know but that, yes, that because if weird. you're concussed to holy hell which supposedly this upkick would do you have to stabilize the head right yeah. if you've ever ridden on a stretcher it eats all the shock and absorption I've never so, seen a paramedic yeah. carry somebody out of. A, I mean, maybe maybe a fireman. I think he's a fireman's carry. <laughs> they made a whole special way to carry people out of that. You never see that except in the bodyguard, and that's why that reference then, was so good. You never see a you never see a paramedic do a fireman's carry. Like that's literally the shit reserved for like oh a building's on fire. Yes. You gotta get you out of here. Correct, Mike. Correct. Um, and fireman's carry. All right, so that was the UFC. I think they were in the Apex. I'm assuming. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, just speaking about headshots, I looked up uh, Undertaker Maven headshot with the Woo! chair. Was... <laughs> Holy shit. Man, poor Maven. We thought he was going to be something. <laughs> Good entrance music. Had a hell of a drop kick. Hell of a drop. Al Snow taught that drop kick well and tough enough. Mike doesn't know about tough enough. Mike, tough enough was a. No, a, I, I remember it tough enough. Maven and some other chick were the first winners. Yeah, and then uh, and, there was, and and Triple H was in one of the episodes where he gave a real impassioned speech on like how this shit is serious. Yeah, and the fat black dude like laughed when he left the ring. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> that one dude, uh, I think it's been an announcer this whole time. I think he was the little one who uh, I forgot his name. I remember the, I, 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 that was the guy I was rooting for. And then the other guy runs the Brain Institute. Uh, for concussions, the mm. one with the Harvard. Anyway, I believe the, the wasn't the uh, runner up or one of the run ups is the one who became John Morrison, right? That was the second one. No, the second season. Yeah, because the guy who won it, and this is a sad story. The other guy had like a tumor. Mm. Nowitzki. No, not Nowitzki. Nowitzki was first season. The guy in the second season who beat John Morrison ended up having a tumor. Mm. The blonde kid. 
Tough Enough was, you know what? I'll say it. I was not a big reality. I'm not a big reality show guy now, but back then I really liked Tough Enough. Maybe uh, appreciate Al Snow. <laughs> and I just gotta mention Sleep Breath because there's one thing that sticks with me about Tough Enough above every Stone other Cold? guy. <laughs> it, no, no, it's the guy. It's the guy. He, he, I think he became a commentator for a while and was like the interviewer guy. It's just they're doing the interview testimonial where you don't hear what the interviewer says. You just hear him respond. He's like, "How many times do I masturbate today? I don't know." That's the guy. Four. That's the guy who's he's announcer on he's the announcer (laughs) on Impact. There's there's just a little pause, and he goes, "Is that a lot?" And then cut away, and that's what I will forever remember about Tough Enough. Um, the best thing that's ever happened to Tough. This we're talking about Tough Enough real real quickly. Is that Stone Cold asked some lady, um, there, what's her favorite match of all time, of all time, and this young lady just goes, Molina versus Alicia Fox. And that's the gif of Stone Cold going, okay, this is a visual element, but he like looks and he's going to say something and he just turns around and gives up. Because <laughs> he's like, Malia versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> well, you can tell this poor girl watched one match the previous week and it was that one. Um, anyway, man, they should put, did they put Tough Enough on the W on Peacock? That's what they got to put on there. Just teaching headshots from the chairs. Um, anyway, um, so some news this week. We, Lost UL Romero versus Rumble Johnson for this weekend because nothing is fair. The world's a dark, dark place. Um, Yoel had some sort of pre-fight medical thing that he didn't pass. I think it was his eye, they said. Um, so Bellator's got a stand-in opponent for him against Rumble Johnson. And Ben Folks put it well. It's not a, you know, it's not a, it's not a tournament without a late entry who could end up winning the whole fucking thing instead. Um, so we'll talk about that fight uh, later on. We're making our picks. Other news. Um, there's no main event this weekend. There was no co-main event up until like an hour or so ago. But we lost Corey Sandhagen, TJ Dillashaw, because TJ got a pretty gnarly cut. Um, and it looks like rather than give Corey a replacement, they want to save that fight. For, uh, That's good. Yeah. It uh, shouldn't take too long to heal. Maybe a month or so. I don't know. It depends. I mean, yeah, a month or so. Let's see um, how close he was. You know, he's got a go through cutting and all that shit. I mean, imagine, I don't know when it, they pulled it up exactly. That was an, man, we lost two fights really, Mark. That like, I was very yeah. excited for it this weekend. Um, and then we lost Donald Cerrone versus D- Diego Sanchez because we're on like the fourth coach or person that has influenced Diego Sanchez, like, and milked him for money. Um, there were those guys in LA. There was Dan Quinn. There was like a high school wrestling coach. And now we're on Joshua Fabia, who we all recognize was a leech and terrible for Diego's career, but the rubber has met the road. And Diego doesn't have a job anymore. Um, They kept playing recorded videos where Joshua complained about not getting enough respect. And then he tried to get like, he tried to trap the UFC in some weird lawsuit. And the UFC's lawyer's like, if you're trying to say he can't sign something saying he's medically clear, medically able to fight, then he's released. And then he got released. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of fighters that get stuck in their contracts and want to get released. They should just go to this guy and be like, why yeah. don't you train me for a you month? Know, I was be a dipshit and then they'll release me and I can go fight in Japan or whatever. I was listening to the co-main event podcast and it was kind of, it made me sad the description they gave of Diego where Diego was kind of like a, like a stray dog that MMA took in and didn't treat him right. 
because we're 20 we're like 17 years in with Diego and it's it's just ending bad and he's gonna this guy's gonna take a bunch of money from Diego and I don't know man he's like 35 36 years how old is Diego he's got to be close to 40 we got to be close we mean it was tough one so I both want Diego to get money and I also don't want this guy to get Diego another job because he's going to take the money. You know what I'm saying, Mark? It's kind of like a weird situation now where like, I'm like, he's trying to get a, like, look, I'll just say it, bare knuckle. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's a good ass bet. That's a good I ass mean, bet. Are we, are, we, are, we, are we out of Jake Paul or is Jake Paul, this is below, Ooh. this is, oh, Jesus, that'd be sad. Is he, I mean, Coker's I, not going to touch I'm this. I'm not is saying, he? I mean, Diego can't be that big of a cash cow at this point, right? Like, for this guy to be latching on to him? No, but he's the only one he could latch on to. The other cornerman is Stefan Bonner, who last time I saw <laughs> Stefan Bonner was he was, it was a citizen's arrest for him getting him drunk driving. Oh, you didn't see the newest one? The last time I saw him, he was in a gym getting kicked out for not wearing oh, a mask. And that's true. Like, oh, that happened too. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh Stefan Bonner. What that a was, that's true. That was also Stefan Bonner. Jesus. I don't know what else you can say. I mean, Scott Coker is not going to hire him. Scott, yeah. Scott, Scott, not, Scott, Scott has a line. If Diego Sanchez, if, if, if BJ Penn can't get a job with Scott Coker, with Rich Chow as his matchmaker, I don't think Diego Sanchez is getting a job. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think you kind of said, I think the saddest part about the story is, you know, just Diego putting in a lot of work, you know, giving us a lot of exciting fights. And this unceremonious like departure is kind of like honestly because when I heard this story and him getting released, I didn't realize he was this close to having a fight again. I thought he was in between fights and some shenanigans came up, and now it's it's done. I was like, man, he was going to fight this weekend. So it, it is just like it's really unfortunate these events. And I remember when you first brought up this guy, this coach Bob, and I was like, uh, is he really that bad? And then I watched a couple of videos, like, oh yeah, this dude is. Like once you dig in a little bit, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's this There's guy's a nothing. joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, this is not this is not a good scenario. So it it, it is really unfortunate. I, I do. Yeah, he's given us a lot, best. man. Yeah, he's honestly given us a lot of entertainment over the years. And I mean, sometimes sad. it's blood skirting out of his head as BJ Penn beats the crap out of him, but. He went in there. He bled for us and that entertained was, us. And this isn't that, the way you would want him to go out. But it's just it is it is what it is. You know, you align yourself with certain people, and this sometimes the ramifications aren't you know what you feels yeah. right. But um, I don't know what else there is to say. But hopefully, he realizes sooner rather than later. I bet the UFC would give him a job, give him his job back if he you know got rid of this maybe. guy. No, though Diego probably shouldn't be fighting anybody if we're being honest. At this point with Diego, but we know he hasn't saved his money. I think bare knuckles makes a lot of sense, but I think it's I think bare knuckles. <laughs> oh, did you see, did so you see bare knuckles? See him there. Did you guys catch bare knuckles signed uh, Rachel Ostovich, and uh, they also signed Pearl Gonzalez. Oh my and god! You, I thought, I thought you guys. Pearl Victor. No, Pearl's in bare knuckle. So I just want to say Paige Van Zant, Pearl Gonzalez, Rachel Ostovich, bare knuckle has realized what they're going for in terms of the marketplace. <laughs> So I mean I like Rachel a lot, but like she's a wrestler through and through. This yeah, is gonna be all over bad. She does not. She's not a striker. She is a wrestler. She wins with wrestling. So bare knuckle does. She not should honestly. She should. She should fight Paige. That's what they should do. I was gonna. Say, I was about to say. There's gonna be. There's about to be a rematch between. Yeah. Two. Um. They've also booked Hector Lombard versus Diesel. Joe Riggs, baby. Yeah. Joe Riggs <laughs> is still doing it. That's 
that's why I see Diego fitting in so well here with with the the tenure of Joe Diesel Riggs in there. I was like, yep, do you, do you remember is- when Joe Diesel Riggs won the Bellator version of the Ultimate Fighter? And we're like, man, Joe's too. Joe should have been in this. He's too old to win this. That was like five years ago. I don't remember but, them even having a. Was that, was that just no? That had to be more than five years ago. It was oh, for it had, sure. It was like a decade ago, probably. <laughs> Also, going, um, going back to Diego, um, we haven't seen many um, many MMA guys like this. Whereas with boxers, you know, you see a lot of the uh, like uh, the the punch drunk guys. You know, the guys that slur their words a lot. We're we're gonna get there with Diego. Honestly, you just I don't. I mean, look if you listen to how Diego talks, it's just because of he's... how much he's fought. Well, you look. You can just pull up how he doesn't sound the same. If you look up like Tough One, he doesn't. Forrest doesn't sound the same. You listen to Forrest on Tough One, Forrest in his last interview, they don't sound the same. You know, it just they don't. It's the nature of the beast. Um, they've also booked Tiago Alves on that card, on the on the on the same card as Hector Lombard versus Joe Riggs, is and then Joey Beltron is also on that card. So, I mean, that's they're going for it. Yeah, that's, they know they're doing. Happening. Um. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, let's just get into some picks. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Bellator. It's happening. There's no yeah, UFC. There's, there's no the UFC. Level. I mean, there uh, is, but there okay, is. No, look, Angela Hill's fighting. I mean, right, she's somewhere on I the like card, that. right? She's fighting. There's fights that are interesting happening. PFL's happening on Michelle, uh, Thursday. Fighting the thumb, right? Isn't she? Michelle Watterson's fighting? Isn't she? Stefan, as our resident Michelle Waterson former fanboy, what what is Michelle Waterson fighting? <laughs> oh, Bobby, I checked out. That that was an unfollow months ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, PFL this Thursday for Vicio Verdum's fighting. Just want to say PFL is really trying, guys. They're really making an effort. Maybe I'll watch this one. I won't. But Verdum's on there. Uh, I right. was wrong on the Michelle Waterson fighting part. Fair enough. Bellator coming to you from I. Assuming the Mohegan Sun, if I'm being honest, not really sure. Um, Juan Archuleta, Sergio Pettis, gonna fight for that bantam weight title. Sergio Pettis, uh, famously left the UFC when the UFC forgot that he had no more fights left on his contract, and you know that's what happened because they tried to announce a fight for him and then realized he had no more fights left on his contract. Um, since then. Meant the Bellator, won two fights, fighting for the championship against Juan Archuleta. Juan Archuleta, the Bellator bantamweight champion, um, won that title, which was vacant in his last fight um, against Patchy Mix. 25-2 and two overall. Wins over Henry Corrales, Eduardo Dantes. Um, betting line for this one, Stefan. Uh, yeah, I got it. Uh, it's pretty close. Archuleta is the minus 160 favorite to Sergio's plus 130. Um, I'm gonna take Sergio. I've watched Juan fight a few times. I, this is a bad idea. I recognize that because Sergio doesn't knock people out and Juan does. But I keep thinking Sergio's making is turning a corner, and I don't know. He left the UFC on a win, he's won two straight in Bellator. I think they would like him to be their champion. I'm just mostly just rolling on that, but uh, this is, I'm really already questioning this decision, but I got Sergio. Mike? I'm going to go with Sergio as well. Uh, I'm a sucker for a brand name, and 
one of these guys had a brother who was on a Wheaties box. <laughs> okay, step on. <laughs> Um, so speaking of that Wheaties box, uh, let us all take a short trip down memory. What happened in his last fight? That's right. He lost. I do not think the Pettis brothers are very good. Um, so when they win, it is a pleasant surprise. But most of the time, I don't think they're going to win. And uh, Sergio is a worse version of it. He, he's a lower ceiling version of his brother. So um, I will take Juan Archuleta, who I have never seen fight before. Marcus. I'm really glad uh, Bob, you and Mike picked Sergio because I think it's an interesting, compelling enough fight that we should have a mix, but it definitely made me easier to pick Juan, even though I, I, I really I thought I set it up for player. all of you. I thought I set it up for all of you to pick Juan. And then Mike's like, no, nah, like man, no, I'm going to jump in this ditch when, with you. <laughs> when you mentioned to me earlier today, like, oh, we should pick Bellator instead. I was like, you know what? The Sergio Pettis fight is kind of because we know who Sergio is. We've seen him fight. I, I, I didn't think any of us would remember Juan. I, pro I probably saw him fight, but I can't remember him out of the lineup. And I'm looking through his Wikipedia page trying to do some, figure out like, okay, when did he get this belt? And I was like, okay, he just won the belt from this guy, Patchy Mix. <laughs> yeah, it's called he couldn't, he couldn't beat Pitbull. And then Pitbull Bobby is no Bobby, longer champion. This guy's name's Patchy Mix. I saw, I was like, that's a made-up name. That's a fake name. Who's named Patchy Mix? I don't understand. Um, Sounds like that's what happens when you don't mix the concrete right. I mean, patchy and mix is like, they're like the same thing, right? Like something that's mixed would be patchy, right? Because you're mixing two things together. I don't know. It just, I saw that. I was like, what? Who? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to go with Juan, but there's no, there's no analysis here. This is purely uh, picking against Sergio, um, against a guy who has a pretty good record. But, you know, Sergio can absolutely pull it off. You know, it'll be interesting. Um, all right. We got no Yoel Romero, but God damn it, we're committed to this Bellator tournament. Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Jose Augusto. Who is a Jose? Who's Jose Augusto? Well, he's a Brazilian singer-songwriter. He is 67 years old, and he's from Rio de Janeiro. It's possible it's a different Jose Augusto in this fight, if I'm being honest. No, this uh, Jose Augusto, a.k.a. Gugu, is 7-2, 29 years old. He's a teammate of the Pitbull brothers, um, which means the man craves violence. And he's going to fucking find it in Anthony Rumble Johnson. Stefan, there's not even betting odds for this one, are there? <laughs> uh, there is no betting line for this. So uh, shall we all just call this a sweep? Yeah. Does anybody think this gets out of the first round? Just honestly? Rumble hasn't well, fought since. Yeah, I was, was going to say, it's been a while since Rumble fought. Maybe he just wants he to looks get like he's sweating. in good shape. He looks like he's in good shape, man. <laughs> Rumble looks trim. <laughs> I'm excited to see Anthony Johnson fight. Um, I have his shirt somewhere. Stefan's got it too. Just it does. It just says rumble. Dig it out for this one, Bob. Yeah, dig it out for I'm this all, one. I gotta, I'm all for us padding our win win loss total. They say they're gonna rebook that fight though. So uh, when Rumble's done with this tournament, they we we get Yoel versus Rumble. Okay, that's good. I thought they're I mean, not I, gonna rebook it within the tournament. They uh, should. By the way, <laughs> round two point five. <laughs> it's just it's just you know it, it just turns into the mortal combat tournament for anthony johnson he's got to find everybody romero is, he's actually figured out a cheat code he's actually now just going to become the alternate for when someone yeah, has to bow out I'll later just how confident are you that right he's just going to get a title shot without winning a fight in bellator because that's how rumble oh uh, romero does this thing <laughs> can we also just talk about how happy we are that the medical reasons why uh, he got pulled, wasn't ju the juice, it was just like some actual just benign medical thing? Yeah, benign. Eye injury. I definitely don't have quotes up. <laughs> I, I do have one question before we go on. Um, 
because I know a lot of you speak Spanish and Portuguese is very what what the fuck does Gugu mean? <laughs> like there has to be a meaning. You can't just nickname yourself Gugu with a straight face. I mean, the dude's something. name is Jose Augusto Azevedo Barros, and Gugu. I don't know. I know you're not a soccer fan, but like literally every Brazilian soccer player ends up with some fucking nickname. It's oh, probably right. some shit like that. I, I thought you were going to tell I, me like, oh, a Gugu is like, he's oh, like no, the no, next no. generation's that, Pele. That, and I was like, okay, Brazilians, Them Brazilians love giving themselves nicknames. I remember watching the last World Cup where they did the uh, the, the, the soccer lineups for the Brazil team. There wasn't an actual fucking name in the whole lineup. M- Mike's about to put the Hulk. I was, yeah, okay. you the yeah. Guy, that that defender. He plays for a Russian club. His yeah. name is just Hulk, and I'm like, what's this real guy's name? Oh, there's not a, the letter H isn't anywhere in his name. Yeah, He's I mean, just look, Hulk. I'm not hating it as someone that butchers fucking names. I'll I love a repeating name like Gugu, but I'm just like, I mean, look, you guys think you guys think Henan Barrow's real name was Barrow? That just means Baron. That was his nickname. It means something. <laughs> but what does Gugu mean? Because when I think Gugu, the next thing I'm thinking is God, God. I'm thinking of babies. Well, in my head's out of the MMA game. Dude, there was a there was a soccer player's name was just Kaka. Okay. Okay. Um, the lesser pitbull brother, we're sure this time is fighting on this card as well, and Mike and, and the new Bellator 175 pound division apparently, which is reigned over by Paul Daly. If you ask Paul Daly, um, look, Michael Venom Page lost to Douglas Lima a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. And since then, the bum parade in front of him has been extensive. He's got wins over three, about over four people, three of them by knockout, one Wikipedia page with these four people. One. Um, Derek Anderson, his opponent this weekend, is the first person that he's fighting in quite some time that anybody's ever heard of. Derek Anderson is actually a pretty good fighter. Unfortunately, Derek Anderson has made his bones a weight class below this. At 155 pounds. Um, he is not a welterweight necessarily. Um, and he is... Look, they booked this fight for a reason. Betting God, Stefan. Uh, Venom Page, minus 295 to uh, former Oregon State quarterback Derek Anderson's plus 235. Okay, who you got, brother? <laughs> um, I don't like Michael Venom Page. And I subscribe to He Fights Nothing But Cans. Uh, Paul Daly included. Um, so on a complete limb, I am going to go with NBA journeyman shooting guard Derek Anderson for the big upset. And maybe he's not a can. I don't know who he is. Wait, Bobby, this is what I, I say. When I make pick, this is the basis of why are we picking Bellator fights? But if we're That's picking fair. Bellator fights, like that, like if we had picked that, uh, what was the one where uh, I would have called uh, Mighty Mouse's loss correctly had we decided to bother with it? Um, why not pick something nutty here? I've already forgot that guy's name. Yeah, yeah we fairness, don't know who he is, but he had the, the downward. In fairness, news. I mean, Anderson is absolutely not a, you know, he's not a scrub here, but yeah, this is, I got MVP. I just want to say, I feel, I feel we've been doing this dance with MVP for years. Like, I, I, how long have we been acting like this guy? I mean, he's 34 years old now, for fuck's sake. He got into Bellator in 2014. He started at 6-0. and He's 18-1. and He's got to fight some fucking people, man. This is Bellator at welterweight. They got bodies. All right? What's Koreshkov up to? Is he champion? What's, what's Lorenz up to? Huh? Lorenz is 170. Why can't he fight Lorenz? Like, it's, 
It's time, man. He's going to win this fight, though. I got MVP. He might struggle. It might be a decision. I'll show you it's probably going to be a decision. But I got MVP. Mike? Yeah, so um, I have MVP winning against Derek Anderson, who may or may not have been the Derek Anderson who was in Dr. Doolittle 3, Termination, Terminator Salvation. What has this guy not done? And Ball. We're not sure which Derek Anderson it is, but has quite a repertoire in his arsenal. Um, with that said, Michael Venom Page, who's booking these fights for him? Is it is it that like Bellator offers him people and he's just like, nah, bro, uh, give me give me someone worse. Like, what is it? That was what terrible. is it with this guy? That was awesome. Not, that was a right? terrible bro. That was great. Was that? that was garbage. Stop hating. Stop <laughs> hating. Right. Look, I, yeah, I mean, Mark, you want to make your pick? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've learned a lot about Derek Anderson. Now he's a basketball player. He's a quarterback. He's a an esteemed film actor. Apparently, um, I'm still going with uh, Val. Three. I'm not saying esteemed. Esteemed. Um, and if we're lucky, he'll catch him in a pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm at the point. Michael, I mean, you remember when well. he smashed a cyborg's skull in and they threw a pokeball at him? I'm not the only one. I'm, I'm at the point where I actively root for MVP to lose, just because I'm done with this bullshit. To be honest, I, honestly, I, I I do think um, Scott Coker has adopted him as his son because <laughs> not only does he give him easy look, fights, his look, last look, few fights and this fight have all been catch weight. Because he's like, okay, you can't even make the weight class you want. I'm gonna make garbage fights. Well, I mean, legitimately, look, Derek Anderson's not a bad fighter. He's fought for the championship at the weight class below, but like, come on, man, like, come on. God, I hope I hope he just gets grappled for 15 minutes. It'd be wonderful. Um, anyway, um, yeah, Bellator, you guys tried. This is actually pretty good. You know, what? it would be a really good card for Bellator standards if they had a uh, fuck. You know, it'd be a good sta- it'd be a good card for 2021 standards, man. You see these UFC fight nights. Um, it already is not. It's you took away the main event from this shit, and the whole thing fell apart. I mean, you so. look at the undercard, too, which I'm looking at here. That Larkin's on the f- card fighting uh, Rafael Corvalho. How do you say his, la- his name? Carvalho? Yeah. He was a champion, too. He was a champion. <laughs> and, guess, and guess what guy I was just shitting all over who's showing up here? Oh. Our boy Pax, Patchy Mix is in the mix. Of Patchy Mix shit. is here. <laughs> Patchy Mix. You know what? I was getting ready to get that Showtime trial to watch Rumble versus uh, mm. Yoel. I'm a little bummed. I mean, if I got nothing to do. I mean, I don't. So maybe if I remember, I'll watch uh, Archuleta um, and, uh, you know, pretty Tony Pettis' kid brother. Anyway, um, before we go, I just want you guys all to know that if you illegally streamed Triller Fight Club's Ben Askren versus uh, Jake Paul fight. Still got time. You still got time to pay them. (laughs) Because they are coming for your ass. And all right? of us here paid for it, obviously. I mean, we all did. They got 50 bucks from each of us. $200 right here. 250 times four right here. I mean, yeah, I'm not but I made here with a back, guilty conscience. Guys, I made that money back because, like Snoop Dogg, I bet a lot of money on Jake Paul because <laughs> that was the smart money. Um, and, you know, when Mike, when you lose the picks this year just because you didn't believe, that it's, you're going to rue that day. Um, yeah, yeah, I can 200 bucks. It was 49.99, but everybody here was like, no, nah, man, round up. Here's that round, set we, for you. <laughs> we, need, we need Snoop Dogg to get rolling papers, all right? <laughs> that penny goes to Snoop Dogg's rolling well, papers. Like, also, this oh. uh, this head of piracy at Triller, he's, I don't think he quite understands because he says that he's he's gonna get all of the like the VPNs to, to give up 
all of their customers. I don't think he quite understands the point of VPNs and the reason yeah. why people pay for them. I mean, I am not familiar with VPNs, and, no, and, and, and it's not like I currently pay for two different VPNs. Um, but that is not how they work. Um, <laughs> that is... N- uh, is I mean, does he think VPNs and incognito mode are the same thing? Legitimate question. Is that what he thinks? Because I'm about to, you know. I mean, the reality is, like, it is a problem. It's a, it's a major problem, you know, people illegally streaming stuff. And, you know, I understand the frustration with these promotions, you know, being upset that so many people are able to illegally stream and watch their content for free. It is It is an issue with the industry. But this like guilt trip they're running on like the twelve year olds about like, yo, we're gonna come for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you twelve year old. If you don't pay, we know you got a guilty conscience. Pay up now. It's just like this is scary tactics and just makes them look kind of pathetic and sad. Don't let them give you this bullshit. Oh, you're taking money out of the fighters' pockets. This is what you do if you want to support one of these fighters. Would you like to support Ben Askren? I'm sure Ben Askren sells a fucking T-shirt. Go buy the T-shirt. True. All right. He'll make more on that than he ever did on, the, on your pay-per-view buy. Straight up. I mean, I get it. I get it. They, they obviously. No, we I get it too, about but like, it's like you can't come off as here. You gotta. You I, like look. I'll give them this though, because I was about to equate it to the UFC. They really tried to earn your money on this fucking thing. They threw everything they and they could at you. All right. And they got. Well, we got. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, applaud the monkey that threw his feces all over the no, wall. Like, like, look, he, man, he tried. He tried we, to get we got, we, got, we got the UFC raising prices, all right, while maintaining an 80 20 split with their fighters, just arbitrarily. Like, and there's no rhyme or reason to why things cost what they do. Like, I'm just saying, yeah, if you don't no. come off as like come off like a bunch of you know pieces of shit trying to get milk people for money. You know? I, I think it was inherently kind of a tough sell when you know your like main target base or one of your biggest stars, like their main audience, is you know young millennials or what do they call what do they call like the generation after us Zoomers or whatever? Like generation yeah, these people. Y. No, yeah. the kids. Oh, no, I think he's right. It might be Generation Y or no, something like Generation that. Y became millennials, which is us. Yeah, okay. Zoom, yeah. Z I think Z slash Zoomers. Oh, is okay, the, uh, okay. Below. I mean, the, the thing is like. It's a problem, but you don't need to have a lot of internet savvy to go on Reddit and find an illegal stream. And I, I think what they really need to combat is it, it's what it's what everyone combats. Combat the people that are uploading the illegal streams. Don't like threaten the people watching it. Like that's not that's not how you go about this. You get the people at the top. You know you don't you don't fight the drug war by like just arresting the dude on the corner. Like you don't solve anything that way. You solve the people making the drugs. So. Not to put a really shitty analogy on it, but yeah, this is just, it just reeks of like, they obviously didn't get their buys, and now they're trying to guilt in a bunch of Mike, like 12 year olds to pay. Mike, mute your microphone. You got a background noise popping in. Um, all right. Stuff we like. Um, all right. Out of the four people on this podcast, I'm definitely the one to give the PS5 review. So strap the fuck in, people. Um, I mean, yeah, Bob, I'll be straight up. When you said that you were getting one, I'm like, great. The one who least wants one. The one who constantly tells me about how his PS4 is collecting dust. I haven't turned it on in months. I don't even play video games anymore. It's like, guess what, guys? I got a PS5. In in fairness, it's not like Bobby was out, like, scouting for it and the one that bought it. Well, actually, Bobby was scouting for it because Bobby's been playing a lot more PS4 sitting in his parents' house. Um, (laughs) But also, Bobby is the guy that would... He's going to hunt the lion for... It's all about the hunt for Bobby in the PS5. Yeah, that's it. It was about about the chase. Dude, I'm still hunting... 
I'm still hunting for you guys. Like, I'll tell Mark something, and Mark's like, man, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll do it later. <laughs> like, my brother every day is now, my brother, by the way, is the one who snagged it for me on Amazon when they had a 12.15 um, a.m. Pacific time, 3.15 a.m. Eastern time drop. And my brother, while driving a car, bought me a PS5. So, I mean, <laughs> God bless him. That's a man who's obsessed with the hunt. He loves yeah. hunting the shoes. Yeah. Whatever, whatever's hard oh, yeah. to my, get, that's the thing. Nikki's got to get it. Yeah, it's a challenge. Um, So, yeah, I got a PS5. It is huge. Like, physically. It is a massive device. Um, The interface, um, the UI, looks very similar to the PS4. Um, In that, I feel, I feel Sony gives slightly more of a shit about it than he did before. Because before, it was just like... Here's a list that goes left and right. Here's a list that goes up and down. Um, I got Miles Morales. It's really fun. Um, you guys already played that game, though. And the Astro game that comes with it is really cool. I feel someone like Mark probably appreciates it a little bit more than me because it's just a ton of references to, like, past Sony products, a lot of them, a lot of old PlayStation products there. So they'll call them out and stuff and say, like, you got to, like, try to find them and it's like oh here's the fucking network adapter from the ps2 or something yeah. so bob you know? what I, I do want to ask you because i think one of the biggest things about the ps5 that really shocked a lot of, like the journalists when they first played it um is the controller right it's like oh how, it's the best they, part yeah i mean it's someone who like you know doesn't really follow gaming that much i mean and i think so the, the big things on that is the uh one they say that the rumble rumbles really good right so when you're walking mm-hmm. in sand or you're walking in different environments like it, it rumble and and that's something that the switch also kind of claimed to have like their rumble and the joy cons are supposed to be like this new revolutionary thing and i know for me like it didn't really equate too much um but a lot of people say like the ps5 controller is that and then like the the triggers right are adaptive yeah the triggers are adaptive they have a microphone built into it there's a speaker built into it um that feels look the playstation controller feel has always been kind of the class of the controller game at least in my opinion i'm assuming that's everybody tries to rip it off so it generally seems like like 362 because the analog 360 was good too yeah um the feel is great though it's USB-C, which is one of those things someone like me it's a big deal for um i don't think it has wireless charging i didn't oh i don't know yeah i don't know i never read anything about that um it's, it's here's the thing, man. I felt like I played like demo games on the PS4 where it said, look at all this shit you can do with the controller. And then I felt a lot of games didn't take advantage of it necessarily. So it seems mm-hmm. like it's based on the developer, what they're going to do. The, um, what's the square above called in the middle of the controller? It yeah, has like the touchpad thing or the whatever. Sense, the, the sense, whatever it was called or whatever. Yeah, I don't really know. If they have like official I don't know game. what it's called. Whatever that thing is, that got a lot of use. Um, this Astro game is literally just. Astro World, I think it's called or something. It's uh, like it's li- Astro Bot something or, or something. I can't remember what it was called. It's exactly. pretty much just like, hey, look at all the cool shit we can yeah. like do. It's a and it's also demo. like and also like you um the like gyroscope. Motion sensor. Yeah, it's like motion. A, yeah, it's a motion mm-hmm. sensor where you move it and stuff. The controller is the like the new thing. I mean, I'm sitting here playing it on a ultra wide monitor, which isn't 4K. Um, so I'm not getting the full advantage, though I just learned there is a 4K TV in this house I was not aware of. So I'll probably plug that in. Um, even without that, you can noticeably like I, I was playing regular Spider-Man on this monitor too, right? And um, this one looks better. Um, the game size, like Miles, when you bought when I bought Miles Morales Spider-Man, it gave you both. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the PS4 one was forty-two gigabytes, and the uh, PS5 one is fifty-two gigabytes, so a little bit bigger. Um, 
I can't tell you if the Wi-Fi has gotten better because my opinion always was that the Wi-Fi was shit, yeah. personally, on the original. But I'm also on the far end of the house. So I can't really tell you if it's gotten better or worse necessarily because it did take a while to download this 52 gigabyte game. But it was, um, you know, didn't feel like it took longer than it did with anything else for PS4. And I started using the app, which I don't know if the app did all this shit beforehand, which it probably did. But it made it real easy to sign in to stuff. Um, and also there's a feature where if you put your PS4, like if you connect your PS4 with the Ethernet cable mm-hmm. to this thing... You can just transfer your shit over. That's a way too. Um, I did it with a USB jump drive because I didn't have PlayStation Plus. I thought they would give me PlayStation Plus trial when I bought the system because in fairness, that's what they did with the four. I mean, in fairness, um, you just drop like 500 bucks on it. Why not give you a month? Give me give a me, month. Give, give me a taste. Yeah, give me something. And then um, I didn't. But then God bless uh, Stack Social had a three years of PlayStation 5, a, play, a PlayStation Plus for 86 bucks deal. And admittedly, and was, Bobby sends me deals like that all the time, and I never bite. And then after I saw you buy it, I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to buy just fucking, I have yeah, like three I months. It. I'm going to pay 60 bucks for the shit again. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I don't know what this stacked overflow bullshit website is. Maybe they're stealing my credit card. Maybe they're not. But I did get three <laughs> years of PlayStation Plus for like 80 bucks. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy because And then immediately, I'm just like turning off the auto redo. I'm like, fuck you. In three years, I'm not getting nailed for 60 bucks. Eat a dick, Sony. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously, I, I was told I got to get the Alien game. Um, help me out. The name of the game. Oh, Re- Returnal that just came out. Yeah, I was. I've been told to get that. I'm going to talk cool. about it on my stuff. Okay, here. fair enough. Obviously, didn't play it, but I'm going to talk about it. I mean, I was told that's what's to get because it would look cool, but I also feel I need to plug this into a 4K TV to really enjoy everything that's going on. Um, but it's cool, man. It looks like they. I don't know. I felt like with the PlayStation 4, I just kind of turned it on, and it's like ready, set, go, motherfucker. This one was more like, hey, you do this, you do that. We want you to enjoy your PlayStation experience. So I'll have more to say as I get, you know, more games. Anyway, but that's it. I got a PS5. Um, I haven't watched anything new. Um, I need something new to watch. I should watch Warrior like the guys are. They seem to be big fans. But that's what I got this week. Mark, you want to keep the video game talk going? Uh, sure. I have quite a bit of things because I had some stuff last week we didn't get to because we were doing the big uh, Falcon and Mortal Kombat stuff. So uh, I'll talk about Returnal first. Um Obviously, don't have a PlayStation 5, so I haven't played it, uh, but I've watched some people stream it, and <coughs> excuse me, um, I've been really impressed with what I saw. Pardon. What I what I like about it most is uh, House Marquee is the developer, and this was a studio that was really popular and kind of built their name off making these really smaller more arcadey type of games. Like one of their biggest games they had on PS4 is also a launch launch title was uh Rezogun, which is just a side scrolling shooting game, but it just it it really visually it looked really good for how simplistic it was. Um but they mentioned a couple years ago like their simplified arcade games just aren't selling. It's just not making the big big old bucks that they want. So they're gonna do something more kind of you know triple A level. And from what I've seen of Returnal is definitely that Returnal is a roguelike game where you're expected to die and then restart over and then the maps change. Um, so the layout's a little different. Uh, from what I've seen, this being the kind of one of the first big exclusive games for PlayStation 4, the other one being Demon's Souls, which was, which was a launch title, but was also a remake. This is like the first AAA original uh, game for the PS5. Visually, it looks fantastic. From what I heard, audio and the control. I mean, again, you know, I, I believe House... Marky is a first-party studio now. I'm pretty sure Sony bought them. So 
they're super inclined to you know use the full feature set of the controller like bobby said uh astrobot is really kind of just showcasing to the public and other developers like what the controller is capable of but it is going to be up to the developers to kind of take that ball and run with it and from what i've heard from you know a lot of interviews with developers they really like it um, and want to implement it in more games and a lot of games that have been you get free updates for the ps5 or utilizing some of those features but yeah returnal has been something that definitely looks really good i mean bob i don't know if i would give it a super hard recommendation for you necessarily you might like it um it is a little bit it is man i just i just paid 500 bucks for the system and 50 bucks for fucking spider-man they can well sony we're gonna pump the brakes a little bit so <laughs> Let's I, get yeah, to one of the things too is and they mentioned this before is they're going to charge they're charging 10 more dollars for first i mean for for big triple a games that come out it used to be 59.99 and now the price tag is 69.99 so it is more expensive uh you know it's a third person shooter twitch base almost like a bullet hell type game with a roguelike element which is really weird in the triple a space um you know until last year's hades came out roguelites really haven't gotten that kind of I don't know, um, response from critics and stuff of being like a, a, a game style that could really penetrate through to the masses. But Hades did, you know, Hades did hit a lot of people um, and really kind of elevated what you can do story wise with those games as well. And from what I've heard of Returnal, it's also a fantastic game. So, um, you know, if you're into those types of things, I would definitely recommend it. Um, but like I said, I have a lot of other stuff to get to as well. And I got stuff in every medium. So I'm gonna do movies first. Um, I watched Promising Young Woman and randomly The Conjuring 1 and 2. I kept hearing really good things about Promising Young Woman. It was one of these movies that was um, getting a lot of Oscar nominations. And I was just hearing good things. like And that and then the one that Steven Yoon is in, was it Minori? Those are two that I was kind of like, I kind of want to check both those out because they, they sound really good. Um, so Promising Young Woman was a really fun film. You know, I, <laughs> it's weird because I don't watch a lot of movies that aren't you know, directly related from comics or video games. So having like an original screenplay is kind of like a refreshing thing. I don't want to get too much into like the premise, but it's it's essentially, I mean, it's, it's a heavy topic. You know, it's mostly about this young woman getting revenge for her friend, um, you know, getting raped. Uh, you know, uh, her friend got drunk and, you know, a guy took advantage of her. Um, but the story is really compelling. Um, tough to watch at times, but it really, and, and it keeps you on your toes. Like, you think it's going to go one way and it's constantly kind of turning and bending your expectations of where the story's going, which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, for us, there's a lot of like interesting cameos. Yeah, Bob. I feel um, we have breaking ish news. Oh, okay. Where Mike was not off with the Michelle Waterson thing. I, I saw that. Apparently they're trying to put together Michelle Waterson and Marina Rodriguez to fight this weekend um, as the main event. Uh, Michelle is not officially announced. I thought I had heard something about Michelle Waterson. When I checked out, when I when I did UFC events, it was like this event is Waterson versus whoever, and I was like, "What?" And then I clicked on the Wikipedia page, and they're not even on. You know how they have like the box of like main card and uh, prelims? It, they weren't even listed on that. It was announced bouts. Well, here, well, this is things. what's going on. Okay. So per Ariel, UFC is yet to officially acknowledge or announce the headliner this weekend. The issue isn't Waterson. She signed. It's more of a logistical issue with Rodriguez. <coughs> Money. Um, that's me. Not injury slash COVID related. <coughs> Money. They are hopeful it works out ASAP, but that's why no acknowledgement. <coughs> she wants money. Um, so that's what's that's I they're gonna get these women to fight five rounds on one week's notice because that's not that's not necessary. 
It's not even a week's notice. It's like five days. And for yeah. the record, I'm taking Marina Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Marcus. Continue. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, and uh, me and Christine have also been watching uh, Conjuring One and Two because I think the third one's coming out in June, and I enjoyed them. Uh, they're kind of paranormal, paranormal, paranormal uh, thrillers. Um, it actually has to do with I think their names Ed and Lorraine Warrant. Who were actually like these paranormal investigators? They they investigated the Amityville house and stuff like that. So it's kind of based on real events. You know, I'm not I'm not big into like the paranormal, like ghost or walking among us. Because honestly, I'm like, if there's nothing but a dark void of nothingness when you die, I mean, and you get a haunted house. Marcus, like, oh, when you when you start naming these people are paranormal, whatever. I'm like, so they're charlatans. Okay, continue. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and you know, I I, I don't pay much into, it, but the movies themselves are entertaining enough. You know, and I mean. I've known enough people that I would think like, oh, you would believe in this stuff. It's like, well, I experienced some weird stuff. I was like, all right, you know, some people believe it. I'm not amongst them, but the movies themselves are really fun. And I do know the third one's coming out, I think on HBO Max in June. And I think around June's when my little subscription is going to end soon. So I might have to ante up for HBO Max again. But I actually really enjoyed Conjuring 1 and 2. They're on Netflix. You know, if if you're looking for like a horror flick to kind of, you know, uh, turn on and, and, you know, enjoy i i did enjoy both those um on the tv front i have one series that just ended that i've been mentioning every week and then an old favorite that i came back to um so i have to mention invincible that concluded this last week um as someone that read the comics a good long time ago i was really excited when they announced they're going to do a animated series and then i do remember ign started posting up some clips of the show and i was like "Ooh, i don't know if this is really hitting the way i want it to um first episode actually they they released all three um on their first week they they released episodes i I was i was sold within like the first 10 minutes of the first episode i I really like the show i think it does the comic book a lot of justice i've been watching the reactions of this youtube channel called heroes reforged who I think those guys are really fun to watch reactions to, especially with Invincible, because they're huge fans of Invincible. So they're letting me know, like, oh, yeah, this stuff wasn't in the comic book. They expanded upon this and showed more of what happened here that, you know, really kind of filled out, you know, either character arcs or just were cool visual scenes to see. Uh, so I've, I really have enjoyed that show. And I was really happy to hear, I guess, last week they announced they're going to do seasons two and three. So there's going to be a lot more to come. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, and I definitely think if you like the boys or any of the superhero stuff, Invincible is easily worth your time investment. You know, it's not a super long series at eight episodes each. They, they are a bit longer, which is weird, too, because I can't really think of any other animated show that's longer than 30 minutes. And this kind of comes in at the 45, 50 minute mark, which is kind of weird. Uh, but gr- I mean, they're great. I, I, I've loved the show. I'm really glad they're doing a season uh, two and three. Uh, and then an old favorite that I came back to, which has been just fantastic background noise and a show that I think we all used to watch. I don't know about Mike, but um, I'm watching Big Bang Theory again. Uh, I left off at season six or seven and I just saw it on HBO Max. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's throw this back in for an old world. And, you know, I mean, look, it's not the greatest sitcom in the world, but is background noise. It's doing the trick because, you know, when I went back in, I was like, oh, there's six more seasons of stuff I haven't seen, you know, and it's not the most captivating thing, but you know, when the show first came out, I was thoroughly impressed. You know, it, it was kind of before geek 
culture had really kind of like taken over and become pop cult culture. So it did kind of have that bent of, you know, being almost made for someone that, you know, grew up, you know, loving the same stuff that the, the guys on the show loved. But as the series wore on, especially as it got more popular, I definitely waned off of it a little bit more. But going back to it, it's just like, yeah, you know, it, it's not shifting the paradigm. You know, it's not as good as like a Parks and Rec or The Office or anything like that, even though I don't know if I'd go back to watch The Office. Um, because those later seasons do get a little a little cringy for for my like, but I, I liked it. I've really been enjoying it. To be completely honest, I've I've really been enjoying my time with Big Bang Theory. Uh, to round it out, I know I've been hogging it. Um, I do have to give uh, some love to my boy Kyle Bossman. He has started up a new series on his YouTube channel called Delayed Input. I shared one of the videos with Steph recently. Um, I've just been a big fan of this guy. Um, since he left Easy Allies, he's mostly just been been doing little streams which have been completely fun but i think he does shine with his like kind of scripted content a little bit more so he started his own show he started a patreon for it um he's two episodes in he's going to do a new episode every thursday um i've been enjoying it yeah so that's what i got for this week mark's out here trying to praise the big bang theory and say bad things about the office trying to get us fucking get our our podcast that loses money to lose even more money jesus christ I mean, how would that work how are we gonna lose more money <laughs> more money like soundcloud is gonna just charge us more for hosting well, they're like I, we I hurt like the office, we fucking hurt but we like hurt seasons like six and seven where they're like selling ipads i'm like what the fuck is going on anymore like i don't even recognize this show but i, I like big bang theory you know you know you, different strokes will. folks yeah um I thought you were gonna say you watched what's it called? Uh, what's her name? The, the, the lady from Big Bang Theory show on HBO Max. The people I, Mike watched it, right? I thought it was a Flight movie. Thing? I thought it was a movie. It was pretty good. It, yeah. it was a anyway. series. I thought it was a movie. That was like a, a mini series, murder oh, mystery okay. mini series. Oh, okay, well, maybe I will check Mike, it out. I like her. Mike, what do you got this week? Also, very quickly, um, I was perusing the internet and I saw that there was an actual link for the trailer settlement, and you know, being a former attorney. I read the fine print. <laughs> In the fine print, it says, uh, going on to this settlement does not preclude X number of people from still going after you. So, <laughs> uh, very nice. <laughs> there goes that. So now it's like, it's uh -huh. like you give yourself up. It's like, I paid you $50 and now we definitely know you stole it. So now we're going to go after you more. Nice. Um, quick thing for me this week. Um, on a whim last night before I went to bed, I decided to watch the Michael B. Jordan movie that came out on Amazon, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. One thing I really like about it is that it is a very simple, just revenge flick for you, just kind of based off the military. It's as if it was Charles Bronson's Death Wish, where the whole movie is just a plot of revenge, except... Um, Michael B. Jordan's family didn't get gang raped. Um, and Michael B. Jordan is not an old white guy. Um, but his his wife and uh, child do die. And he spends the next hour and 40 minutes just hunting motherfuckers down here in the States and then out in Russia. Um, not much in the way of story, but it was still a good time. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, I would watch Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Nice, and I I heard about that. I didn't know where it was on. So nice to know it's on it's on Amazon. I could watch it because no one just goes to Amazon. That's true, Bobby. I don't. I don't go there to peruse. Except, I do that on HBO. I do it on HBO Max. Except considering that one of the things Mark talked about was Invincible, which is on Amazon Prime. 
and I would have never known. He didn't peruse. Yeah. If, if someone had to tell me with a microphone, yo, this is where you got to go to watch this because I'm not going there to peruse their selections. Um, Steph, what you got this week, man? Um, yeah, I kind of kind of be like Mark, where I kind of got a lot of things just because we haven't really done this segment uh, recently. Um, but to kind of follow up on his, yeah, uh, I, got, I got into Invincible through Mark. Um, you know, I'd seen the trailer, but then Mark actually having history with it, you know, um, you know, he gave me a lot of the context. I agree. Um, it ended up being a really fun watch. It was one of the things I looked forward to week to week. Um, and as someone who's not familiar with the comics, um, it was kind of nice to see. You know, um, there's a bit of a like I've mentioned before, jokingly, but uh, Robert Kirkman doesn't like me very much, but I'm a fan of his comics. So um, it's kind of nice to see what he did before Walking Dead. Um, so it's definitely just an interesting take. You know, I love superhero content. Can't get enough. Um, Big Bang Theory, who I can't I can't give you a second at Mark. Unfortunately, a YouTube channel I like called Wisecrack. They did a video that broke down what is wrong with Big Bang Theory. And it's it's really it's kind of like when South Park roasted Family Guy. Once you pull back the curtain on the way a lot of the jokes work, you can't come back. Um, so avoid. Don't that watch the video. Don't the watch show. the video, Mark. Yeah, don't watch that video. I don't, <laughs> don't, need, to, I don't, I don't need some YouTube. When, when when your channel's called Wisecrack, we shit on things to to make money. I'm not gonna give them. Look, we want we go to YouTubers for boxing. We want mm. them to physically fight and nothing else. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna defend uh, Wisecrack. Wisecrack is one of the best channels on YouTube because they are the intersection of actual history nerds and comic book pop culture nerds. It's because they, they relate they're, they're a lot of their content to like philosophers. And like the real world, like kind of deeper ideologies, which lead to existential dread and these kind of source materials. It really gives like a historical context for how these stories ever even got written in the first place. So I think it's actually a really great channel. Um, they're actually a pretty positive spin on things, not necessarily a shit talking channel, um, because there is a lot of that on YouTube. So I just got to defend their honor in that regard. Um, on the Mike, you're gonna have a lot of things to put up between me and Mark. Uh, over on the K-pop music end, um, one of my I say one of my favorite groups, but with this recent EP they put out, they're making a push to be my favorite girl group. Um, but Itzy, they dropped a new single called Mafia in the Morning. Um, it is hard hitting as hell, and it is a really dope music video, really cool choreography. Um, I'm watching a shit ton of anime. Um, when we last talked about it, I was starting on a bunch of shows, but I am happy to say a handful of them I did stick with. Um, the big one I'm kind of kind of falling off on now is My Hero Academia is back for their fourth season. But this is it's one of those problems which you know goes back to all the way from Dragon Ball Z is after you get rid of the two minute intro song, after you get rid of the three minute recap, after you get rid of the fact that they re air scenes in the same episode, like they'll show a scene, they'll have the little where a commercial break would be. And then they come back and play the last 45 seconds before that commercial break. Like these episodes are actually like 13 minutes long of new content week to week. Um, and that's becoming a bit infuriating to watch. But um, among the series that I really like, um, I, I stuck with 86, which I kind of said was kind of a Terminator meets uh, Hunger Games. I think really enjoying that. Um, I mentioned a series called To Your Eternity. Um, that show is just art. Um, I really pushed Mike to watch the first episode of it. And I'm like, even if you don't stick with the series, just watch the first episode because I want you to feel the emotional gut punch that this show encompasses in 20 minutes of like, it tells you a full arcing story 
and in 20 minutes you come to care about everyone involved and you're like i don't even know this kid's name and that's part of the tragedy of it but um truly a great series um, that, kid for slice of life, that kid huh? was corny as fuck <laughs> that's what you got to say mike to when you're wiping away the tears so you can feel a little bit more manly when you're wiping those tears away yeah that dumb ass kid didn't know everybody was dead come on son my bad for the low five years ain't no one coming for your ass um and that said um another series i tried to get mike on i know he had trouble after the first episode i don't know if you went back but um my little slice of life rom-com bullshit so the first episode is really really mean uh it's called ijiranaide nagatoro-san um with the english translation of don't toy with me miss nagatoro it sounds weird because we don't call miss we don't do the last name honorifics uh, in American language, but it's 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 got a really cute backstory. Um, it's the manga is based on the author's life and about how his wife was actually his bully in high school. Um, so with that kind of context for the show and kind of seeing this burgeoning relationship between this girl who really picks the she just totally destroys and obliterates this kind of nerdy artistic kid. But as the show kind of progresses, you see that there's actually like care and concern and seeing the relationship grow. And then, like I said, kind of knowing the backstory behind it just makes it a really sweet story to stick with all around. Um, the Demon Slayer movie was out there. Um, Mugen Train, uh, which, by the way, uh, number one in the box offices this week. Uh, we talked about Mortal Kombat. Uh, it hit it opened with the box office last week at number one. Um, and then it had a historic 73 percent drop uh from week one to week two it's uh, not a lot of repeat viewings out there wait, wait how much of that how much of that is everybody who was willing to see a movie in theaters at this point all went week one like how much thing, they're carry still over? figuring out the market but the typical drop off for a big blockbuster from week to week is 50 so pandemic or not 73 percent is a shockingly high number but that opened the door for demon slayer as an, a japanese anime movie being the number one uh box office so um that was fantastic i don't know if you got to see it yet mike um you know what i here's what i like about it uh anyone who's watched anime movies particularly anime shonen movies i.e the dragon ball movies the naruto movies my biggest problem is they're not canon they're just one-off events and they have nothing to do with the story you'll watch it you're like where does it, in the timeline does this fit in and it doesn't they're just kind of one-off deals villains are introduced but they don't mean anything but um, the Demon Slayer movie, it is the bridge between season one and two. It is, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Uh, I just want to, you guys didn't see it in theaters. Is it on Crunchyroll or something? It or did is you guys actually on... go to a, a theater to see it? Or did it's you get internet. it through Thriller means? I, we got it through uh, Triller. We bought it from Triller. Yes. Damn, that is... yo, Mark making it real hot right now. I just wanted to know, like, because I, I, I knew it did really well, but I was like, I, is it on Crunchyroll? Is it on a streaming service? Like, you know, how yo, you Mark, seen it besides... You dry stitching like a motherfucker right now, man. <laughs> I'm just curious. A curious party hearing about these animes. Yeah. Stefan went to the Bay Point 16, whatever the fuck that theater was, and saw the movie. Okay, I mean, like, you yeah, know what's going on. Yeah, it was airing here. here. And Eddie did hit me up and asked if I wanted to go. Um, and then I said, let's get it through Trailer Media um, and support this uh, growing business. That said, you know what I learned about Trailer Media, which uh, they've already existed in my Halo, is uh, all those K-pop online concerts, they're hosted by Trailer. <laughs> Trailer is the one who broadcast all those k-pop concerts uh during the pandemic so wait um, wait same thriller 
This is the same Triller? I don't know how many Triller broadcasting. Well, I mean, they are. did it or like, oh, I mean, they bought Fight TV. Are they, is that who's broadcasting it or they have a different thing? Like, how many platforms do they have is what I'm wondering at this point. I can't imagine it was on Fight TV. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm saying yeah, they bought a whole different, TV, they bought a different video whatever platform. Whatever this parent Triller company is, um, they've apparently been behind broadcasting all these uh, K-pop concerts. But um, yeah, uh, so kind of all across the board. And then the last thing I'll mention was because I would have segued into it last week. You know, with it being the first live UFC crowd, um, I did my first live thing since this whole pandemic began. I went to a Warriors game. Um, it was the second one that they hosted um, with the fans in attendance. I believe they did 30% capacity. So it was kind of funny when they did the attendance on the uh, big screen. And it's like, there are 3,100 people here today. And it's like, you know, I appreciated it. You couldn't be in a group larger than four um, you were several seats away from the next group. You were a row away from the next group front and behind you. Um, you could only eat in like certain concourses, no food or drink at the seats. You know, you could really hear every individual person yelling. Um, but at the same time, it, it's, it's kind of nice. And I know the players said like, Hey, having 3000 fans versus having no fans is a world apart in difference and you know you could really feel the energy as like kind of sparsely packed as it was um i'm still nervous i'll admit i'm very nervous i don't like the general public anymore i just i just don't want to see herds of people um but it, it was kind of nice going to this event so um world slowly opening up you know well, um yeah. marvel dropped that goddamn phase four teaser and i told you bob you asked me earlier do i want to see anything in theater Mar marvel they're like you want to go back to the theater. Remember how fun it is to go back to the theater. Remember how fun it is watching Marvel movies with people. And I'm like, if there's anything that got me that phase four uh, teaser today, definitely did. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. You said that you went to the, the, the game. I was talking to Mark earlier today where I said, man, I need to go to some like of these limited fan games before I go to a Niner game in the fall where it's fucking full basically by then, you know, I hey, open outdoor <laughs> stadium though. Right. Oh, yeah, man, uh, I, I think I mentioned to you guys, but one thing I'm pretty stoked about, we're going, uh, my family is going late June. Uh, my sister managed to get us uh, Disney passes for the weekend that the Ooh. Avengers Campus is going to open in California oh, Adventure. Oh, that is cool. Disneyland with 25% capacity. That's even that better. That sounds like a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I can just actually open. do things, and I don't have to stay in the Anaheim sun lines like for hours on end. Like, I'm just, I, I, Mark, I told you, remember, I told you it was stupid, and then I watched the video, and you had the same reaction, like, I'm going to do that $150 build a lightsaber experience. I'm like, who would waste their money on that? Then you watch the yeah. video, and you're like, I want to do it. Well, you can do the, you can do the uh, droid one, too. Uh, Mark and I's coworker did the droid one where you build your own droid. You That's not as cool, Bobby. The building the droid experience is not as cool. As I might, the building I might your have own to Ven Venmo you some some merch money, Stefan, when you go there <laughs> and they got some cool Avengers shit on that first weekend or something. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll live uh, I'll live blog from the uh, all the gift shops for y'all. All right, guys. Mike, I realize neither of us mentioned Dark Side of the Ring. By the way, um, well, officially but, it's well, not hold out yet. Officially, it's not out. Part one of the Brian Pillman one came out, and uh, Mike, you didn't know who Brian Pillman was at all. I'm assuming. Besides... I, I knew of Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, uh, but that's about it. I was telling Mike about the time that Brian Pillman pulled a gun on Stone Cold on live TV, and that was just part of the show. <laughs> that's and we all thought one of just... the uh, I can't believe uh, pro wrestling got away with this moment. <laughs> I told I, I I told them what I remembered was like you heard a gunshot, and then they went to dark, and then. We didn't get a resolution for like 10 minutes. And but then, you know what you realize as an adult? Is Brian yeah. Pillman was in the right 
because Steve Austin was breaking and entering into his home. Yes, stand your ground, <laughs> so fucking Brian Pillman. Yeah. That was Castle um, Doctrine. I do tell you, man, I was like, I was telling Mike this, where it's like, my entire childhood, I was convinced Brian Pillman was crazy. And then, like, I watched it, so I'm like, oh, Brian Pillman was crazy. <laughs> okay, Brian Pillman was crazy. We had it right. <laughs> um, I love that show. As sad as it is a lot of times, I just think this is an interest, interest, interesting industry, and it's nice for people to dive into it. And I still say everybody should watch the Owen Hart one and see if you can still watch wrestling afterwards because Jesus. Um, anyway, that's it. This That's it for us this week. Next week, we're going to talk about UFC uh, 264? Three? Four. Three. Whatever's next. Two. It's UFC 262. I take it back. It's Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira for the vacant lightweight championship, which is really held by Dustin Poirier. But we know. Here we are. Um, and co-main event, five rounds of Leon Edwards getting called a bitch by Nate Diaz. May result in a win. May not. But we'll see. <laughs> um, really good card. We'll talk about that next week. Tony Ferguson on there. Um, Edson Barboza. Jacare still has a job. Jack Hermanson. Antonio Chevchenko. There's a lot going on here. We'll talk about that next week. We'll see what happened with Bellator. If anybody here actually remembers to watch it. Um, best case, one of four. Um, thank you all for listening. I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was DJ Mark. And that was the, the great Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week. Peace out. See ya. Cheers. Cheers.